This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. As usual with me in studio, my co-host... Naz Marquesing, good morning, Naz, and happy anniversary. Yeah, happy anniversary to you, too. <laughs> Anyways, uh, to our listeners, this is uh, our fifth uh, fifth anniversary of being on the air, and uh, we've got a special treat coming up in the middle of the hour. Uh, for some of you who have been w- following me on social media, I've been posting the top ten Naz and Wally Sports Hour shows of the last five years, and uh, we've had some great ones, uh, certainly have, and... This morning, we're going to celebrate a show we did on January 24th, 2016. Uh, it was the night after David Keon was at the Air Canada Centre, where uh, he was honoured at Centre Ice. Uh, they had announced that he was going to be going on Legends Row and immortalised with a bronze statute. We were privileged to have David in studio for the entire hour, certainly... Uh, uh, a treat, a privilege, a pleasure, and we're going to be talking to David Keon at uh, about 9.20, 9.25 this morning. Um, so we're thrilled about that. Joining us in studio this morning, former Raptors coach Butch Carter. Good morning, Butch. How are you? Good morning. Thanks for having me. Let's ple- celebrate your uh, fifth year. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a bit of a, a wild ride. Uh, the Leafs haven't won the cup yet. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think we uh, I think we threatened to stay on the air uh, until the Leafs won the Stanley Cup, but uh, I don't know if we got that in us, Naz. Uh, I don't think we got that in. <laughs> Both are you going to let it be a hundred? <laughs> <laughs> well, hope springs eternal, uh, Butch. Uh, Who's not- closer, Butch, to the Raptors or the Leafs? Um, I don't really know who's closer. Clearly, none of us like the direction the Leafs are going, right? They spent a lot of money on a coach. They spent a lot of money on players, and they seem to lack a certain amount of grittiness. And um, no amount of money that you pay a head coach is going to overcome that. Um, since we're on that topic, and uh, maybe we can go back and forth between the, the Raptors and the Leafs in this discussion, um, I don't think... Either team is more so the Leafs, uh, more so the Leafs, bless you, uh, Butch, uh, more so the Leafs and the Raptors. They're sort of limping into the playoffs um, for for a bunch of different reasons. Um, do teams, uh, you know, we we're looking at the Leafs and trying to trying to uh, figure out a path to beat the Boston Bruins. And the path to beat the Bruins doesn't become apparent uh, um, other than last year's history is they went to game seven and they were controlling a game that they should have won and it got away from them in the third period of game seven. And this Leaf team is supposedly supposed to be a better team. Uh, limping into the playoffs, to, to put it charitably, charitably, resting players, resting goalies. Is that a good strategy? Uh, I'm not sure it's a good strategy, but I 
I think your number one and number two players have to be very good against the Bruins. I think, you know, your one and two players have to be very good and you pretty much accept what happens on the back end. Um, the fact that when they're not good and scoring goals, then Anderson is left out to dry because, uh, or sparks for that matter or sparks for that matter. <laughs> but I think, uh, you know, I do believe in John Tavares. I like w- what he is and who he is as a professional hockey player. Um, our kid from Arizona, I'm not sure about, um, it's time for him to pull up his socks and uh, show people what he really can be in a playoff situation, uh, because we're not—we're just not tough enough on the back end to uh, to overcome if those guys aren't really good on the front. Raptors, uh, are they? Where I mean, playoffs are right around the corner. Um, you know, they're same same dilemma the Leafs have. They basically have known for a while uh, where they're going to finish. They're finishing behind Milwaukee. And, you know, the potential matchups against a couple of teams uh, that are fighting for the seventh and eighth spot. Um, they don't seem to be firing, I wouldn't say, on, on all cylinders. Um, Kawhi's in and out of the lineup. Um, concerns there. Well, your concerns are, are in threefold. The Raptors are at 13 and 10 currently at home, right? Um, and against the Eastern Conference. They've been outstanding against the Western Conference, broken uh, a team record in which uh, I established one of my teams for road victories against Western teams. Um, But they've been not super. For a team that's trying to get to the finals, you would think you would have a better road record against in the conference. But they're 13 and 10. The other issue is when they shoot below 45%, they are 10 and 15. So... Um, they have to shoot the basketball well. Uh, they have to win the first and third quarter. Uh, you know, what I, I do is I'll go in and look at what their record is against teams with winning records um, for the final 52 games. And I think that's going to give you a pretty good – then you can go and benchmark it against the championship teams that made runs in the East. Kawhi has been an answer for being one of the best players on the wing. You still have to deal with uh, Jimmy Butler um, – I think the thing that I think they're misguided on is the trade. Mark Gasol is only good if he's making shots. They want to say, well, he's going to move the basketball, et cetera, et cetera. Well, he's playing with Kawhi, and the ball, when the ball goes to Kawhi, it's stopping. It's no different than it was with DeMar. He's your star guy. You're not going to throw the ball to Kawhi to have him throw it to two other guys. So Gasol, if he cannot make shots, he'll be ineffective. Jeremy Lin should have been retired. I don't know why. <laughs> Uh, the problem with Toronto media, because the media companies own the team, is that the talking heads will tell you the wrong thing because that's what they're told. Our scenario is Jeremy Lin is a really good get. Jeremy been on seven or eight teams. All right, There are seven or other organizations that said you can't play at the level you need to play. But they wasted time putting him out there. Uh, I think to the detriment of someone else who could have been giving them more valuable minutes. And then your bottom line is you've got a first-year coach. So first-year coaches are first-year coaches. Unless he went to the video room and learned something, because he was in charge of the offense last year. That was horrible against Cleveland. And I've seen him do two outstanding things this year. He called an early timeout in a game in Miami. 
He went to a zone in Dallas. Those were two things that were against the grain to help his team get a win. Those were very good. Um, but the real concern you have is Masai can't coach the team from his office. And I believe that's what he's done by putting the current coach there. What, uh, but what I found frustrating about the, um, and you know what? I mean, they're they're they're, they're playing. You know, they're, they're they're one of the top teams in the NBA. I mean, you know, I mean, let, let's not forget that we're 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 looking at it from the perspective of being critical, uh, not not to demean the team, but we want the team to be successful. So you know, it, it's not that we're eh, although the comments. My comments with respect to the Raptors sort of limping home are, are not meant to be negative or critical. It's just I'd like to see them be, you know, you like to see teams get on a run before they go into the playoffs, not sort of so, so, scale it back. So if you look. I, I mean, I, I can't remember who. I, I can't remember one time I think we had Scotty Bowman on the show. I don't know if you remember the show, Nez. Mm-hmm. Or it was uh, Tom Henke. I think Tom Henke made this point when when the Blue Jays, when they had that run a couple of years back and they decided they were going to scale back at the last couple of games of the season. He, he goes, no. no, I want to be out there. So, Tom Henke was on the show saying, no, give me the ball. Yeah. I don't want to. I, I want to keep going. But see what here's the issue in which you have to accept, all right? The presentation that's being given by the talking heads, all right, that represent the media companies that are covering the teams, all right, is entirely different than the re- hard, cold reality of what championship teams have done before. As an example, they should be trying to have the best record they can in the last 20 games of the year so that it builds a rhythm for them going into the playoffs. And Valanciunas, you know, I, I, getting I, I, of Valanciunas was not the right move. Yeah, I mean... Uh, he was having the best year of his career. Well, yeah, you brought in somebody that you thought was going to... I mean, I, I'm... Yeah, I, I know you can comment on it. I, I didn't have a problem with that trade, bringing the, in Gasol the, for the, Valanciunas. The issue, the issue is you took the risk. Yeah. Right? So if you, if you take the risk, all right, then you expose yourself to something that you don't know. All right? And Gasol, at his age... All right. Memphis couldn't get through the West because Golden State could put their small forward on Paul Gasol and shut him down. All right. That that guy's pretty good, all star. But he basically they put him on Gasol. He ball slapped him. Gasol couldn't get a shot up, couldn't make shots, and basically destroyed Memphis's rhythm. Right? We're talking about a rhythm. A good team forces their way into a rhythm. All right. Not one player, this whole thing is, you know, we're going to play lots of guys and we're going to move it around. Not one guy has come out and said, like, look, man, we need to play. But let me, this whole theory about, uh, man, I get it. You know, it's a long, it's 82-game season's a grind. Um, Especially in basketball. Uh, basketball, hockey, it's a grind. It, there's a lot of travel and all of this. And, you know, some of the old-timers think the, uh, you know, I had this discussion with the uh, 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 I, won't, I, won't, uh, I won't name the player. It was it was off the record? Um, says you know what? You're paid to play 82 games. You know it's like what's the big deal? Um, get out there and play. Um, you know it, it's the concept of trying to load manage, and I get it with Kawhi, and we've had that discussion that mm-hmm. he's not. You know if you're load managing Kawhi, there's a problem. You've you've talked about it, Butch. 
Um, but let's talk about the problem it, it presents in the playoffs. Okay, go. All right. I'm so all they, ears. They, go they, ahead. They tell could, me what they, the problem they, is. They could have them play Saturday afternoon, Sunday evening, or Saturday Monday. That's a scenario in which, and then come back two days later. So what do you do with load management in the playoffs? So you've, right? That's the issue at the end of the day is that, and this is what I'm saying, we're not being negative, but your fan base wants to know what am I, what should I be looking for going forward in the playoffs? What should be good? Hopefully who's going to play well. The issue is that they've imported this risk with load management and they imported additional risk on top of it by making a trade for a guy, Valashunas, who's having a career year, but, but selfishly he was going to do that because it's a contract year, for a guy, Gasol. And then I believe they insult Ibaka as a player. Serge Ibaka has led them through the storm when Kawhi sat. You look at his numbers, all right? He scored 10 to 19 points 46 times, all right? Siakam's at 44. Lowry's at 31. 20 to 29 points, he's done 11 times. Leonard's at 25. Lowry's at 14. Siakam's at 19. 10 plus rebounds, 20 times. He's the leader. So now you take a guy who has bought in, done huge work for you, and you come in and say, you're not starting anymore. All right? We paid you, (laughs) but you're not starting. All right? So, So the issue isn't, you know, if you want to import that kind of risk, all right, then there's going to be consequences for it, which are human nature-wise. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Right? Which are human nature-wise, all right? And we see it blow up in the Baca take the punch in Cleveland. The Raptors are 14-1 and one with Van Fleet and uh, uh, Lowry starting. Is, is Van, there... Van Fleet allows Lowry to be older, not have a load factor, and do as much. But uh, when I look at Lowry, he's only scored 30 points one time this year. And that may be due to a better scenario. But your risk with Van Fleet is that he is a very poor on-the-ball defender against point guards. All right? He's not that quick sideways. All right? So, you know, that's your risk against him and Kyrie in Boston. All right? So. But we've got a couple of minutes before uh, our first break. And I'm looking at the standings. Uh, Raptors are going to finish second, and they are going to be facing one of Detroit, Brooklyn, Miami, perhaps Orlando, but Orlando would have to make a make a run up. Um, matchup concerns there. Which team do they match up better against? Which team do they match up worse against? Detroit's, I guess they've I, I, they've had I, a problem with Detroit this year. I, I, no, I would want them to have Detroit because okay. because they wouldn't have road games. They'll be Canadians have have the building in Detroit sold out, all right. And uh, I know Detroit, but I I don't, watching Detroit. I know them very well. I think Blake Griffin is heavy. He's put on weight during the season. Uh, Drummond is a problem, but. They've got no one who can guard Kawhi, um, and it's also less travel. It's a short trip. Um, the fact that they know what Casey's running from a coaching staff should help. Um, 
Brooklyn's just going to run around and try to score 125 points. You want to talk about a load factor problem playing Brooklyn? That that may be an issue just on them wanting to score a bunch of points. I agree with you. Orlando's not going to make it. Miami, um, they've had a tough time with always with Miami. Spostra's done always done a good job. Where his guys are in shape, they aren't as efficient scoring. But I I really wouldn't want to see Dwayne Wade in a, in a series. Just Let's pass on on a, a really good all star wing player. So you, you think they they they're going to get in? They're going to win the first round for sure. Yeah, I, they're you know I think they're, they they're I think they're the I think they're the favorite to to do very well. I think they match up against Philly better than Boston, and I think they end up hopefully in the finals against Milwaukee. And then you just you have the problem with Giannis, but he's he's dealing with injury. Brogdon is hurt, which helps, and I don't think Brogdon will be back by then. So, uh, but you have a veteran coach, a really good veteran. How much coach. difference does coaching make? It it makes a difference in in in, in a in a playoff it, series. It makes a difference in making the adjustments. A, a veteran coach, and, and then exp- that's where experience takes over. Yeah. Hey, look. You know, the, the mistake I made as a coach was I didn't have an older guy sitting beside me because I wanted to win all the games now, yep. right? And every window of opportunity that opens is a very short window in the NBA, two, three, most time four years, right? The Raptors have been in this window for five years now, right? And and haven't done the stepping, right? And to see their, their home record against the East is – I don't think is favorable, but it's just something you address to the team so that they can take care of it. Anyway, it's time for our break. As soon as we come back from the break, we'll have with us the greatest Toronto Maple Leaf of all time, David Keon. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when we received this letter. My marriage is in a rut. Can you help us spice things up? Yes. Get the Gourmet Special. Two medium gourmet pizzas for just $24.99. He loves Canadian bacon, so he'll order a deluxe. She can order the Italian, because she loves the hot Italian sausage. Everyone's happy. Pizzaville Stone-Baked Pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. There's an old saying. Entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Bond. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. 
Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. The only thing I love more than sports is sports radio. Take it away, boys. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740 in downtown Toronto, 96.7 FM. Live video streaming, www.zoomerradio.ca. We're pleased to welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. The greatest Toronto Maple Leaf of all time, David Keon. Good morning, David. How are you this morning? I'm good, Wally. Thanks. How are you? We're great, David. Uh, uh, we chatted a little bit off the air uh, last couple of days. Uh, as you're aware, this is our fifth anniversary show. Yes, I, I know. Congratulations. Thanks so much. You've been uh, you've been a big part of our show in the last five years, uh, and we. Uh, uh, it wasn't too difficult a decision for us, David. It was January 24th, 2016. We're privileged uh, to have you in studio with us for the whole hour. And uh, David, uh, a little bit tongue-in-cheek here, but uh, we feel that uh, everything turned around for you, David, after you came on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. <laughs> well, that's, it speaks for itself. <laughs> Anyways, uh, having said that, all kidding aside, uh, we're, we're, we are, we're pretty self-deprecating around here, and we love to have fun with that. But it has been, and it has been an incredible five years for you. Uh, just to go over some of the things, um, you were uh, admit, uh, put onto Legends Row. You have a bronze statue which immortalizes your uh, your career with the Toronto Maple Leafs. You had your number 14 sweater retired. You were voted the greatest Toronto Maple Leaf of all time. You're now in Canada Sports Hall of Fame, Order of St. Michael, Quebec Sports Hall of Fame, top 100 NHL players of all time. And you got your arena named after you in your in your hometown. Quite quite a run for the last five years, uh, David. Uh, see how we've rubbed off on you. Yeah, I'm glad that I was exposed to you guys. <laughs> I, uh, I'd still be living down here in Florida. You know, nobody would know me. Anyways, uh, the one that, there's an entry missing in your Wikipedia page. I want I went on your Wikipedia page this morning, and we I've decided I'm going to put in you're the number one top one show on the NASA Wally Sports Hour. <laughs> So we're we're going to add that, although uh, the all the humor aside, uh, David, we thank you for uh, for chuckling along with us. Uh, it has been it has been a good it has been a good run uh, in terms of personal honors. Um, as uh, we've made uh, commented with you over the years on our show, uh, all incredibly well deserved, in all in their own way, perhaps uh, long overdue. Um, We've uh, certainly uh, demonstrated our admiration for your achievements uh, in as a Toronto Maple Leaf, uh, St. Michael's College. Uh, now you've had a chance to uh, reflect a little bit uh, on on a whirlwind five years. Uh, um, the accolades, uh, although you know we've said long overdue. Um, how do you feel about them? Well, they're all they're all wonderful. Awards and acknowledgments. Uh, I don't think it's um, uh, something that I um, sought. Um, I just, 
you know, enjoyed doing what I did, and um, it seemed that um, people thought that, um, you know, uh, what I did as a as a hockey player deserved some recognition, and um, uh, these are the things that followed. Uh, but I don't think when you, you know, when you start out, as I've said before, when you start out, this is something that you're uh, that's a goal of yours i mean the goal always is to to play your best and to hopefully succeed and 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 win and and be successful and um anything that uh, happens after that is uh, kind of gravy uh david um obviously um there was um and and I don't want to get into uh you know Toronto media had a certain take on on your relationship with MLSE and um and their take is not one that I particularly agree with but I I don't necessarily want to get into that this morning I I, I would much prefer getting into uh, your relationship with the fans you know Naz and I have always considered that we represent the fans on the air um it's it's been not only has it been um an important and you can speak for yourself in terms of its impact on you uh, i think naz and i perhaps can speak a little bit more upon the impact on the fans um we've always as fans had this desire uh, to recognize your achievements in a public forum to just stand up and give you a standing ovation and see your banner raised um we're thrilled that we got the opportunity uh to uh to give you our thanks for your contributions uh to a certain extent to our childhood and our childhood memories and the great Stanley Cups and the great teams that you played on. Um this has all happened sort of as a whirlwind. Do you feel that you have perhaps a different uh uh, relationship with the fans in Toronto now because of what's happened in the last five years as the relationship evolved? No. Uh, um, all through my career yeah, in Toronto playing junior, the fans were very supportive. Were very supportive of, of our teams and very supportive of me. I've, I've always realized that and, and known that, that they uh, really supported us and, and supported me in particular. And uh, uh, that's something that uh, that I've always known. Uh, David, uh, I'm going to turn it over to Naz. Uh, um, there's one one uh, part, uh, you know. I mean, we've been uh, we were there at Legends Row when the statue went up. Uh, we we're part of the Canada Sports Hall of Fame uh, 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 um, nomination uh, and, and a few other things that we got involved in. Um, there's one statement. Um, one comment you made that's always um, always stood out for me. Um, when you were when you when the statue was being unveiled, you thanked quite a few people, and you got the opportunity to thank your wife Jane, and you and you thanked her with these words that she made you see things. Uh, some things are not necessarily always black and white. Sometimes they're shades of gray. What did you mean by that? Oh, I guess that uh, most of my life, uh, everything was uh, was black and white, and it was either uh, yes or no. And um, 
she kind of impressed upon me that, uh, you know, uh, everything wasn't black and white all the time, that you had to, had to, uh, oh, think about it and realize that uh, there was, uh, some medium ground. And, um, I, that's what I meant by that. David, how are you doing? I'm good, Nas. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. The current Leaf edition seems to be staggering into the playoffs. What do they need to do to change things around? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just have a question. <laughs> I don't know. Um, they're they're certainly having their struggles now, and um, I I you know they have I guess ten days until till the playoffs start. Um, and I don't know, you know, what what the answer to it is. I know that there's not a switch that you just turn it on and off. Um, it's a process that you kind of get yourself into into playing a certain way because you know that the playoffs are coming. And um, I don't know that uh, they have uh, put themselves in that in that position. Uh- any, uh, David, reflecting back on some of the teams that you played for, of course, the uh, the 1967 team had its struggles uh, during the year. Um, if my memory serves me correctly, I think uh, Punch had to step aside and King Clancy had to come in for 10 games or so. Um, uh, in, in When you were playing with uh, those years with the Leafs, um, were there any points uh where you know you guys sort of limped into the playoffs and you know it, it suddenly the the switch went off a switch went on sorry and you guys just took the game to another level does hockey work that way can you just flip a switch no you can't really flip the switch it doesn't you know you have to you have to do sir you know you have to play a certain way and 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 sometimes you uh get away from from playing that way because uh, you're not concentrating or things are going, sometimes things are going really well and you kind of s- just think that they're, they're going to continue on forever. Um, but then it catches up to you and you have to go back and do the things that made you successful. Uh, always that's what you have to go back to. And, you know, I can, I think in 67, we played, uh, the Blackhawks in the first round. And um, I think, I don't know how many points they finished in front of us, but I think they looked past us to the Canadians. And by the time they realized that uh, we, uh, by the time they realized that they were in a series, we had, you know, we realized that we could beat them. And once that happens, that's, that's, um, something that's pretty hard to uh to overcome and uh, and i i've heard cornway say that uh you know they played us and they didn't you know we were old and we they didn't really respect us but uh at, at same thing in that series at a certain point all of a sudden you're playing well and they're playing pretty well and you realize that we can beat these guys and once that's set in then um you know, we we realized that yes, this is something we can do. 
Um, and take the opportunity since we got onto the subject. Uh, um, what did it take to beat the Canadians in '67? What uh, what uh, what was it that put you guys over the top more than anything else? Well, if you talk to Punch, it was we never played, we never won on Tuesdays. We always won on Thursdays and Saturdays. Uh, in in all our series, if you go back and yeah. look at it, we won. Uh, we never won on Thursdays, but uh, let's see. Yeah, yeah we you're won right. On Tuesdays and Saturdays. Tuesdays, not Thursdays. Not yeah. Thursdays. So as long as uh, <laughs> we played on a day that wasn't Thursday, we were going to win. What uh, what won that series for you, David? Oh, I think our goaltending and our defense. And um, uh, Pulford and Stemkowski and Pappen uh, played really well offensively for us. And uh, as, as if we were in games that were close games, we we won the close games. If the games were high scoring, uh, we we lost uh, in the finals anyway. Um, in the and the same thing, I guess you could say in the um, in the semifinals. David, there was a movie on Terry Sawchuk about four weeks. ago. I heard that. Yes. Did you see it yet? No, I have not. It's a very good one, by the way. Is it? Yes. If you get the opportunity, David, uh, by all means, we actually had the uh, we had the director in studio interviewing, and we got a Naz and I had the opportunity to see a preview of the movie. I, um, I I'd be interested in getting your take on it, uh, uh, David. Uh, we won't keep you much longer. There's one one uh, one last area I'd like to get into. Uh, you wore a maple leaf. For your in uh, for a good part of your career, uh, it was a blue and white maple leaf. Um, didn't get the opportunity to wear a red and white maple leaf. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, of course, there were there were a couple of opportunities where uh, your name. The red w- and white maple leaf. What's that? That's Can- oh, yes, Canada's yes, national team. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, there are a couple of opportunities uh, where uh, you and Naz and I we, we obviously would have like to have seen you but the one there was one that i i read about that i was kind of surprised that you were considered for the 1960 canadian olympic team it was between you and bobby russo of the montreal canadians and they chose bobby russo to go to no no not no i was i was supposed to go um and uh i had gone up and played a game in kitchener and they said that uh Father Bauer's brother, Bobby, was the coach of the Olympic team, and I played a game, and they said, yes, they wanted me for the team, uh, and all arrangements were made at St. Mike's that I was going to oh, uh, get tutoring, and I was going to miss, I think, two weeks of school, because I wasn't going to play in the um, exhibition games as they went out to Squaw Valley. Um so everything was kind of set, and um, about 10 days later, they told me that I wasn't going to go. Uh, I, I kind of had some thoughts about what happened, but and, and then they took Bobby, Bobby Russo after that. Yeah, that's uh, that was an opportunity, and of course there was 72. Uh, you should have been there. Uh, you know, I don't necessarily want to get into the politics of what happened. Uh, I don't know if you want to share uh, on the air another uh, another approach that was made to you to play for Team Canada that came after that. No, no, no. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, uh, David, I will. We will let you go. Thank you. Uh, and thank you for uh, and congratulations for five years. Yeah, I will. I'll just leave it off with this. There were three gentlemen 
that uh, three Hall of Famers that made it into the top uh, Naz and Wally shows three times. David, you made it in three times on your tribute show, on Johnny Bauer's tribute show, and on Gordy Howe's tribute show. The other two gentlemen that joined us in the top ten, Scotty Bowman and Harry Neal. So, uh, I'm in pretty good company. Yeah. <laughs> Not bad. Listen, David, you know, uh, you know how we feel about you. We know how uh, the admiration we have for your, uh, for your contributions and for uh, your achievements. Uh, we just like to take the opportunity uh, to thank you for you've been generous uh, with your time with us over the last five years, and you've made it a pleasure for us. Well, thank you. Pleasure's mine. Thanks so much, David. Keel. All right. Thanks, thank David. You. Uh, interesting. Interesting story about the 60 Olympics. I knew that uh, he was, he was, uh, and he would have, you know, David Keon would have been, uh, he, would, he I mean, he just had the perfect game for international hockey. Could skate like the wind, could check like the wind, and um, and could play a 200-foot game. International ice surface is bigger. Uh, what a shame he wasn't with that team in 72. I, I think he would have been, you know, Paul, his teammates, Paul Henderson and Ron Ellis were there. Yeah, they made it because they could skate. Yeah. And, and who could skate better than David Keon? Uh, Keon he, was, you know, Henderson was pretty, pretty quick. Well, that, the reason Henderson was so su- successful in that series, cause it was his skating ability. Um, Aside from being in the right place at the right time, Bobby Clark didn't hurt. Them. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, because yeah, in Game Seven, his exploits didn't hurt either. <laughs> uh, when he when he took a whack at Harlamov's ankle, but uh, you know we can't live life with regrets, and you got to you got to move forward, you got to look forward. But uh, yeah, it would have been it would have been uh, it would have been nice to have seen David Keon in a non- number fourteen Canada sweater. Interesting, his comments on the Leafs. You can read between the lines there, can't you? Uh, you know, David. Uh, you know, he's a realist. Um, you know, we all we all understand uh, the playoffs is a different season, and we're all hopeful. You know, we we have we have every reason to be critical of their recent performances. Uh, I would have preferred that the Leafs go into the playoffs on a, on a little bit more of a run. Um, you know, limping into the playoffs, which is effectively what they're doing. Um, I. I I can't think they're doing it on purpose, um, but um, you know it's difficult to turn it around. Just you can't just snap your fingers and say we're suddenly going to play better. But you never know. You never know, and that's what we're hoping for. But the Leafs had more sandpaper last year than they did. This well, who year. did they have with that? Oh, Komarov. Who else? Komarov, Ma- Ma- Polak, Ma- Martin. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, I understand Sparks is going to get uh, a few more starts this week. We'll see if we can rest Freddie Anderson going into the playoffs. So whether that's a great strategy or not, I don't know. But we've got to go to break. And uh, we got Butch Carter in studio. Let's talk some more basketball when, uh, when we come back. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when I realised that, unlike pizza, you can enjoy Pizzaville's authentic panzerotti with just one hand. Pizzaville and its entities, owned in whole or in part, have no interest in knowing what you do with your other hand while you're consuming one of our panzerotti. Seriously. Get two authentic Italian panzerotti with cheese and sauce for just ten forty nine. One for each hand. Pizzaville stone-baked pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues. Price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. 
If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics. On time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal? Yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. Bridge. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words. Impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zuma Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. Joining us in studio this morning, former Raptors coach, Butch Carter. Butch, we've got some more basketball to talk about. It's called March Madness. And I've, I've got to be honest, this is, uh, you know, I've been tuning in. Uh, there's one particular team that uh, seems to be driving the ratings. Of course, that's uh, the Duke Blue Devils. And in Canada, they're driving the ratings because of uh, the next great Canadian, uh, or he's not next, he's there already, R.J. Barrett. And, of course, the, the human highlight reel, Sion Williamson. Uh, so Duke's driving the ratings, but they're lucky. to they got, a, they got a tough game against Michigan State, I believe, today. And uh, they just got through by the skin of their teeth. Uh, you know, very easily they could have been out of the tournament already twice. Should have uh, lost. Their, uh, Central Florida had a two-on-one. Simple bounce pass, get a layup. Point guard throws a lob. Kid goes up, ball goes through his hands. They're up four. And they're in a better position to win the game being up four than two. And, you know, you can um, – I'm not a Krzyzewski fan. I don't think that – That's interesting. Why not? His players don't get better. RJ, That's an interesting – I've never uh, heard that uh, comment before. RJ can't go right. Okay. Right? We've I, heard, I, well, I, we, didn't we have somebody else in town <laughs> that couldn't go left? That's correct. But I, I, I guarantee you right now, RJ don't have a right turn signal in his car. Well, then right? somebody's got to teach him. I, I agree, but yeah. it'd be a lot easier, all right, because he's going to go play against guys five. But he's, six, gone, he's gone after this year anyway. Yeah, but again, you know, you're the teacher. You're sitting there. No, yeah. right, right now he's accumulating talent with Nike, right? Yeah. And, you know, they're taking care of each other, but, you know, Zeon, what he can't do. Well, but, but isn't that the whole one and done theory of of basketball in the states now? Like, why bother improving a kid's skills if he, you know he's only going to be there for one year? Just use him for what you can use him for. Well, that's what they're doing. Right? They're, they're not, but they're not developing them. You, right? But you just agreed with me. Yeah, I did. <laughs> That's under that's under a, cross-examination. That's, that's, that's a Jury, he just agreed with me. I, just, I agree. You know right? what? I, I may not give you the satisfaction, well, Butch, RJ but I agree a, with you most of the RJ time. RJ is a, a winner, yeah. right? I believe that to oh, the, there's no question to the about core, that. he's a winner, yeah. right? I just hate to see young guys, and 
when you take the one and done scenario and the AAU situation, a lot of these guys are going to get thrown to the wolves and the pros. And uh, RJ and Zion, they're going to go to the summer league, and the guy guarding them's got ten fouls, right? And so, if you have a flaw, it would help you with that guy with ten fouls. If a coach took you and corrected it before you faced him. So the NCAA has been very exciting. Um, I was trying to watch a movie and kept flipping back and forth. The Purdue game got so good last night. <laughs> against Virginia? <laughs> against Virginia. Yeah. Right. And uh, I was frustrated with the Texas Tech game because uh, them and Gonzaga were like, well, who wants to lose the game? Right. So uh, at, the end of the, at the end of the day, it has been, I think, Overall, the most exciting NCAA tournament that we've seen. And the ratings have been shot through the roof. Yeah. It just, it's just a lot of good basketball, a lot of good teams, a lot of good coaches. Uh, the Texas Tech guy has done an outstanding job in the three years he's been there. He got, got a lucky with a fifth-year transfer. The kid from St. John's that blocked the shot in the corner. The officials missed a call. His foot he was, was out, out of bounds. bounds. He was out of bounds. Right? And, and that should be reviewable, right? Yeah, it's interesting that's not reviewable. That's right. So... Yeah. But but at at the end of the day, I think the officials are doing a better job. They're coming to the table and explaining it to the broadcasters. Um, so the NCAA as a machine is a very fine tuned well, machine. You, right you now. just segued me into uh, a topic I want to talk about. We don't have a lot of time, yeah. so maybe we'll just introduce the topic and we'll get you back to have an in depth conversation about it. March Madness. And the whole NCA and this, what triggered, you know, I've, I've, I've thought about this for a long time. And what triggered my uh, recent interest was it was a documentary on HBO produced by LeBron James called Student Athlete. And it tracks five athletes. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of people are critical that LeBron is the producer who didn't go to college, right. uh, chose to focus on five student athletes that have struggled Right. Uh, but didn't focus on the ones that have obviously done really well with right. their lives because there's, you know, you got to balance the story. But there's billions of dollars at stake here in March Madness. And we've got the whole Nike and Under Armour and they're recruiting kids at the age of 12, 13 now. Mm-hmm. And they're paying high school coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've been through the whole thing yourself, Butch. On yeah. a personal level, it might have been different back in the early 80s, but I don't think, you know, there's the only, the only thing that's different is there's a lot more zeros attached to everything now. Um, to a certain extent, the student athletes, in my estimation, are almost like unpaid labor, other than they have these, they get scholarships. Now, of course, scholarships are worth a lot of money. Correct. You know, if you fulfill <laughs> your education, you're talking about something that's worth probably a quarter of a million dollars or more. Um are student athletes treated fairly in the NCAA? It's, the foot. Let's talk about the football and the basketball okay. ones where there's billions. You know, right. you've got you've got the coach in Alabama, Shula. He's making eleven million dollars. And Saban, you mean? Sa- yeah. Sorry, sorry. Starts with an S. Yeah, Saban. Sorry. <laughs> the other guy was there too. Yeah, he was there too. <laughs> you know, you got him making ten million dollars. You got the coaches that are making multi million dollars, and you got some of these athletes that can't pay for dinner for their families. Where's the fairness? Well, the issue at the end of the day is the athletic department still has to pay for the other sports that aren't generating revenue. All right. the re- The reality is that. Um, the players are basically professional athletes and as professional athletes, which, you know, the United States is the only one that defines them as amateur. 
Every other country defines them as a Well, professor. we have the same issue here with junior A hockey players in the CHL. Right, correct. Because there's, there's some franchises in the CHL that make a lot of money. Right, London. And they, and they pay yeah. their guys 60 bucks a week in room and board. Anyways, finish your thought about why they're professional athletes. They're professional because they train to win games in arenas that hold, you know, this December I wanted to make a special trip so my wife and 15-year-old son, youngest son, could see where I played at. I took him to Bloomington, Indiana, unannounced, bought tickets, took him to the Illinois game. And my wife grabbed me. We're walking out. She says, you, you, this is where you played when you were 17 years old in 1976. I said, yeah. She said, that's why you're not impressed by a lot of stuff you see in Canada. I said, it's not that I'm, you know, it's just that this is what I grew up in. This is what I had to go from being a young man to a man in. And I'm sitting there going through the school of business, and I got teammates who are, you know, tons of tutoring, and they're getting rec degrees and degrees that really aren't going to have much value compared to what the, the guys I was going to school of business in. So the kids go through, and so the universities figured out a way that they how can I keep eligible? And they created a whole new degree called general studies. And I was shocked that Indiana has a general studies program. So in other words, you, as long as you get to 120 hours, we can keep you on enough crap to keep you eligible, right? So that that's where I find the abuse, all right? If college is not going to be for everyone, which is what it was, university, that's what it was originally designed to do, then stop faking it because of the value, dollar value. Yeah, you can give more scholarships, but I, I think the money needs to be, if you're going to give them money, the money needs to be given to them at later in life, when they're 40 years old, when they're 50 years old. Um, because the two things that I find to be detrimental to a, becoming a professional athlete, one, you can't incorporate. So you don't have the option of your law firm and the protections that it gives you personally. And you're required to pay, eat, take all the money when you can't use it. So, you know, why do I need $5 million at 19 years old? Right? Why can't I take two and a half of that and you pay it to me down the road? So the fact that the the money isn't deferred to a more mature mature mentality, regardless of your education. But, but even about the, the deferral of the money, and you know, I don't disagree with you there, Butch. And then there's the issue of medical yes, correct. issues that yep. a lot of these, especially the football guys That's and correct. the basketball guys too, those issues. And, you know, they don't have uh, – they don't have uh, uh, the same medical system we have in the states. Uh, sorry, in Canada, yeah. it's you know, correct. somebody's got to pay for it down That's there. Correct. You know, uh, so you've got those issues, uh, and then you've got you know, then you've got some of these student athletes. You know, they literally, you know, I, I guess you know they have room and board or whatever, but you know they don't. You know, they can't pay for transportation. You know, can't pay for clothes. You know, a lot of them come from underprivileged backgrounds. Let's be fair. Correct. You know, a lot of them come from, uh, you know. But coming from an underprivileged background is not a. There's nothing a, wrong. No, the point no. I'm making is, you know, maybe, you know, it's they should all be almost given a certain level because somebody's making a lot of money off their labor. So there's just there's just been a new court ruling that says that the schools can pay them whatever they want. Right now, the schools are going to fight it because the small guys are going to say the big boys are going to do something different. So the reality is that um, 
Most of them are not pros. See, this is what I don't like. So I go out as as a guest speaker for the assistant coaches program in Vegas, and and I've got to talk to every team. And I ask the guys, one, do you know the guy guarding you's got ten fouls? None of them know that. Two. If you needed ten thousand dollars tomorrow, can you call your college coach and say, "Coach, can you loan me 10? And it's no, no. Yeah. and that's that's what I see as the crime. Yeah. All right, the guys on the sideline, two, three, four, five million dollars a year, and you can't loan a kid ten thousand dollars to help you attain that contract when his eligibility is over. Where, where, yeah, where's the fair? Anyways, we we've got to move. Butch, got to get you back because I really want to talk more at length about this topic. Yeah. Um. But, uh, Naz, I know, uh, the Jays, the boys of summer are back. Uh, we have, I know we have, we're tied for first in the, in the Eastern. Two and one, we're two and one and we're tied for first. <laughs> so we're good. Stop, we're good. Stop the schedule now. <laughs> we're good. Anyways, Naz, uh, give me your thoughts on, uh, the, uh, the Blue Jays well, and, uh, what you've seen Sh- and where we're going. Shapiro and Atkins have definitely got the team where they want them. They've gotten rid of all their older players and now, except for Smoke. He's still in there, but uh, they're—it's uh, time to turn it around, I guess, with the younger players. And what are you seeing? Well, it's early. I know it's I early. Know. It's only three games. Pitching but. has been very impressive, but Detroit is not a great team. The one thing I don't understand is that uh, the sports media talking about Stroman and um, Sanchez—if they have good years, they'll trade them. The hardest thing to get is, is starting pitching. Why would you trade two guys? Yeah, like I heard that, that on uh, I heard that on the round Especially table. Especially one is twenty six and one is twenty seven because when when yeah. they are going well, to be I good, guess, I guess the issue is they. I think they have to sign them a year from now, um, and then. So I, I'd be go one, ahead. I'd be one to bet Sanchez doesn't want to be here. Uh, Why? Why? Uh, he's from California. All right. Um, is agent. this another? His <laughs> agent. His agent. Uh, well, I'm just, I'm just I'm just yeah. saying. My guess is, if if Stroman and Sanchez had maintained their relationship, yeah, I would say the chances of him staying were better because we know Stroman loves the six. Okay, Sanchez has no commentary, very little pertaining to the city. Um, Sanchez's this blister issue. We don't know if he's saying it's his issue or he's going to blame someone. But I just don't feel good about. Sanchez, because normally guys, even if not the general public, but the media give you a sense of, you know, how they feel about the city. The Atkins and them have not told us what in the heck they're going to do. They just keep doing it. All right. Then we hear these whispers. Well, if they do perform well, they're going to trade them. All right. So the issue at the end of the day, I would be willing with what they did with buying out their two veteran guys and sending them sending them uh, along somewhere else, I would be willing to bet the trust factor of whoever's in the locker room is not very good because they sent guys out who were good guys good in the clubhouse. Um, they let them go play somewhere else because they're go- they and want they, to- and end up eating most of the money that they're paying because yeah, they want to go backward. But um, instead of coming out and saying, "Hey, this is what our plan is," they're they're executing a plan. And we're getting the results after. The, the, the plan is to get younger, right? They had no yeah, choice. But, they had no choice. What, 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 what are they going to do with Donaldson? And yeah, but get younger. Else? But, okay, that's great. But those younger players better be able to play. I mean, it's, it's okay to get younger. Uh, and let's talk about Guerrero Jr. Bichette. Bichette. Biggio. Who else, Ness? Biggio. 
Anyways, uh, we'll 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 play that out and we'll see uh, what every, happens. Every team has a can bunch I, of young. Can I have players. one good quick? You got on fifteen Guerrero. seconds. Guerrero's weight is an issue. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. It is a real issue. You don't take a player that young, and hopefully he can change. I would have him down in Triple A, just to pound into him. You got to do a lot better job of taking care of your body. And today, you know, he's he's uh, he's Cecil Fielder. I mean, well, that uh, didn't turn out real good. Uh, well, or Prince Fielder for that matter. I mean, they say it's his body. In today's world, the way athletes are, I don't get it, but we can talk about it that. Anyways, we've only got 30 seconds left and I want to take the opportunity to thank some people for five years. Uh, it's been nothing but fun. Naz and I come down here every Sunday morning and we're still having a lot of fun. Butch, you've been a big contributor to our show. Uh, we'd like to thank you. Zoomer Radio, thanks for giving us the opportunity to our sponsors at Pizzaville, uh, at uh, Steel's Paint, Alt Infinity. Uh, thanks so much for believing in us and giving us this opportunity. Um, Naz? Yeah, thanks for the take, five years. Thanks for, for the five years. It's been a blast. It's been a blast. Uh, it's been fun. And all I can say is to our listeners who have tuned in every Sunday and uh, in remarkably, I wouldn't say large numbers, but numbers that we never would have dreamed possible. Uh, thanks so much. We really appreciate it. We'll be back again next Sunday. Have a fantastic and safe week. Thank you. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.